fear is like mind killer. When you're trying something new, if, if you're focused too much on the fear side of it, you're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 171, total episodes number 298. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. This is a special episode. It's it's a good one. It's a really genuine, good podcast. I, I love doing this. I never not like doing it, but I have a guy on here, Terry Hewen. He's a former SEAL, and he's doing a plethora of things post-military now. He had 26 years in the teams. He's working with Redcon One Outdoors and a bunch of other folks affiliated, you know, of course, with Aaron Singerman of Redcon One and just a bunch of other things. But uh, the way he delivers his information is so sincere, so genuine. He's a really humble guy. We, we work with similar folks. He did it a lot longer than I did, but I was lucky enough to be able to do it a couple of years. So it just means a lot to be able to talk to somebody that knows a little bit about what, what I did personally as a, as, a, as a comms guy over there. So remember, you can find this episode on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast. You can find it on Podbean for Android, Apple Podcasts. Head over there and rate five stars. And you can find it on YouTube and head over there and subscribe. Thanks so much for being here. Without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast to create your career. Hey, thanks for having me on. I know we've been chatting for about a year or so to try to line up schedules and Oh, this year has been a little crazier than most, I guess. Yeah, it's been super crazy. I was, again, yeah, we were just talking. Glad we finally did it. It has been about a year or so. I was trying to figure it out. Not really sure. It doesn't matter. What matters is we're doing this now. I even took, uh, yeah. I was telling the guy I recorded with this week, I took four months off the podcast because my life was just so crazy. So you'll be the second one I've recorded in those four months. And it just means a lot to be able to continue to do this. And, uh, for you, it was a little bit more special for me. I, I mean, I love having all the guests on here, but your background specifically, uh, when you're still in the teams, uh, we didn't. Cro I think we talked about this on the phone like a year ago. I don't <laughs> think we crossed paths, but uh, we did work in a similar place and uh, are the same place. Yeah, we were I guess the same, I should say. same building for a while. Same building, yeah. So, anyways, before we get into the rest of the episode, uh, you mind just telling us a, you know, a short, brief intro about yourself yeah so uh terry and i did uh 26 years you know which is my entire adult life in the in the navy and all those in, uh, in inside the seal teams and so everything i do now is all based off of those experiences you know it's uh yeah. it's hard to retire from that because yeah. again that was that was my entire adult life so that's that's yeah. what i associate with the most yeah it's a long time and it's cool to see what you're doing right now with redcon one uh, i know i yeah. had it's so funny how things go in full circle because I had Aaron Singerman on here a while yeah. ago and he's easily one of my favorite people I've had on here <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. And he's like, oh, I got a few guys that I would love to have on your podcast, you know, Terry. And I was like, no. And then we talked and it's just funny how <laughs> things come around. But uh, so 
I was telling you just a second ago off camera, like one of my main missions with this is because I felt such a loss when I left the military. And even though I only touched that community for half of the nine years that I was in the Navy, I still had such a tie to that community and it gave me such a purpose that I had never experienced before in my life. And I haven't touched it quite like that again. It's obviously something completely you know, yeah. different than you can experience outside, but uh, I have able to find it a little bit through this. So like one of the first things I wanted to ask you is like you just said, 26 years is a long time, especially to be doing that to get out. Like, where do you go from there? Like, how do you get out and continue to feel that sense of fulfillment or purpose or whatever you want to call it? Uh, so that's probably the, the, that was easily my biggest struggle is, is getting up. I mean, it's, it's easy to hang up the armor and the guns and put the helmet away, you know, literally. Yeah. And then figuratively, it's, it's much harder to take that stuff off and kind of give up really who I was for forever and still feel, you know, I still feel that sense of obligation to, my teammates and, and the community and the, in the country. So it's, it's tough to transition from, you know, being the tip of the spear to kind of be a part of that, that backside to kind of help continue that on. So, uh, yeah, the transition part's hard. I'm, you know, I'll probably get into it here later on, but that was easily the, the biggest struggle I've had, you know, since retirement was, was that, and I was, I was fortunate. So once I made uh, master chief at, at the command, I, I was able to take a job at uh, NSW prep up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So that really let me kind of slow down and kind of take the off ramp from, mm -hmm. from the military service. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gave me time to get my head right. Yeah. I finished my degree and kind of take a couple wraps off before, mm -hmm. you know, stepping completely out of the service. That's pretty cool that you're able to do that. I don't remember that, but to be able to have that ease of transition, cause you're going from obviously a hundred, miles per hour to civilian life <laughs> yeah. and that transition is tough even just going from i think anywhere within the military community to going back to a civilian i mean it's completely different completely different yeah i think no matter what you're doing so to be able to get that ease of transition is because yeah that's exactly one of the things i wanted to talk about is kind of what did you do to prep for that you know like how did you make that easier <laughs> like you know inevitably how can we make that easier for other people but you know getting to be able to do something different that you're not completely deployed all the time. Sounds like it was helpful and you were able to work on things that you said, you know, uh, in case you guys missed it, you know, continue to go to school, work on those things to prepare yourself to get out. So you had a few years to do that. Yeah. And I think probably the one of the big benefits that I had is in 2015, before I left the command, I was able to go up to uh, NICO, the National Intrepid Center of Excellence, and really do a 30 day deep dive into issues, you know, there's mm -hmm. physical or mental and some of the depression and PTSD and everything else that we all inherently get after, after yeah. kind of living that lifestyle for, for so long. So it was good that <clears throat> I was up there, became aware of, of some of the stuff I need to work on and then able to transition to a very less stressful job Yeah, and kind of focus on that and focus on the family and kind of getting everything right now that I was kind of past that, you know, over the hillside of the, on the operational point of it. So that kind of set me up for, success i think but mm -hmm. uh that and then uh i was able to participate in a, a transition assistance program mm -hmm. with uh, yeah. station foundation and commit foundation they did that for two weeks which really kind of helped me outline okay here's who i am 
here's what I really get passionate about doing and how do I put those together to find the next career or next chapter, I guess, and, and how I can continue to give back and, and help out and still feel fulfilled with what I'm doing. Yeah. That's really cool. To, there's, I mean, there's a plethora of programs out like that for yeah. veterans. I think like actually one of the hard things that I've heard after doing all these, you'll be now the 171st person that I've talked to. And it's just like, there's <laughs> so many good programs out there. I've heard of a ton, but it's like, which one do I pick? So how did you find yours? Uh, well, I, I had a unique, uh, connection with station foundation prior to, cause they do a lot of gold star family stuff. So okay, gotcha. uh, I, took, I was able to take a couple of kids from extortion 17, you know, some of their fathers that, that served with, and, and you knew, uh, to pick them out for a summer program. So getting that personal connection with Kevin and the, and the foundation out there, with what they're doing as they stood up this transition program, they reached out and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And I think I did, uh, probably the second or third class. So they do annually once a year. It's all just, kind of spec operator kind of, kind of guys. Yeah. So it's, it's really good. And then they bring in some high level business people to explain, mm. Hey, here's how your experience transitions. Here's some of the roadblocks you're going to see. Here's some of the issues you're going to see. And, and I was fortunate that, that everybody I was with, we were all very, very humble and forthcoming with, with the struggles. So it was, it was good to have that conversation and, you know, realizing that everybody has the same, kind of struggles are going through and it's yeah. interesting you know, and it, as i get out and now i'm talking to other people about these kind of things you know whether it's military whether it's a professional businessman it's you know career athletes they all kind of struggle with that same mm -hmm. what do i do now like mm -hmm. you mentioned before like mm -hmm. my identity is here yeah now i'm here how do i how do i bridge that gap and continue to you know move forward without kind of getting stuck in the stuck in the mud yeah, and you did it with help, though. I think that's one of the things that I, yeah. I had oh, to yeah, do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I had to do it. I have to do it all the time. I do it every day. You know, I'm I'm perpetually struggling with something, but I think it's because I also hold myself to a higher standard, and I'm my worst critic. You know, I'm, I'm very tough on myself, <laughs> and I think a lot of us are um, in generally in life. I know I can speak for folks that are in that community type A. We have to. I almost think by definition, hold yourself to a higher standard to be able to perform to at least the minimum of what is expected. And then to excel within that community is even more difficult. So I think when you take that mindset and you go, well, I, I you know, I've done this for X amount of years, my case, nine years, your case, triple that. And what do I do now? But oh, damn, lever you know, make me sound old. <laughs> Oh Un unintentional no it's it, right though it was, yeah, a, com it was a compliment yeah as um <laughs> but no you did it you know my point is you did it with help and i think what's kind of cool and special uh to hear you know you did it uh with extortion one seven gold star families and i think about it personally uh, and, and you know it is you, but a, a, an opportunity came from that you know yeah and it probably i mean one of the biggest things we especially in the SEAL teams, we realize right away that we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. So the whole foundation of first phase of BUDS and Hell Week is to quickly get you to the point where you know you have to depend on your teammates and be part of that team to succeed. So we kind of build that humility into the foundation of who we are as, you know, as part of our character as it being in the SEAL teams. So as we progress through, you know, sure, we got some egos here and there, and we're always going to brag that we're the best you know, as, as part <laughs> of who we are, but – we're also very quick to realize that we don't always have the right answer. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're going to bring in the best skydivers. We're going to bring in the best shots. We're going to bring in the best guys for long range. We're going to bring in the best we can and learn from them. So that sense of humility and being willing to ask for help and understand when people mm -hmm. try to help us mm -hmm. is, I think that's critical. And it's probably helped me 
yeah, man. as much as anything in, in the long run. Yeah, and one of the things you said, uh, humble with the struggle. Love that. Oh, yeah. You know, being able yeah. to identify, it ties into what you just said, be able to identify what you need help with and being okay with, yeah, there's a lot of ego there, but the ego, you have to understand when to be able to check it and be able to pull that help in. So was there anything that uh, you, you had the, if you will, the transition to, uh, I think you were in Chicago and you were doing prep, so like actually getting out and, and I like always saying, I know a lot of folks that listen to the show don't, they weren't just in the military, but I, I think it's applicable to, there's a, there's tons of career transition throughout one person's life. Even after you get out of the military, you're probably not going to stay at the same job. You're going to move around. I have already done it. And I've only been out for two years. So like actually getting out, like how was your initial like, whoa, like, how was your initial opinion of that? Did it go as planned? Because obviously we love to have a plan, but you got to be able to pull an audible. Well, I would say kind of went as planned because my, my plan was really to never have a, a nine to five type job being locked mm-hmm. down to something. I realized in that transition that you know, after 26 years, I really never had much control over my, my schedule mm-hmm. and my time. So putting the family first and dictating that time is more valuable, at mm-hmm. least at the onset of retirement, then, uh, then a paycheck yeah. really kind of set me up for really success is how we're, how we determine it is we're really flexible. We can work when we want to work and, and do our own thing. So I've got my own company and I do some consulting from leadership and teamwork with companies all the way down to stuff I'm doing with Redcon one on, on outdoor and supplement side of it and law enforcement training. And I still, still get to touch magic with the guys every now and then and provide some, some support to their training. Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, kind of outlining that I wasn't going to go into a nine to five where I had no control right off the bat, set me up for success, but it also really put a, it was a bit of a struggle at first because, you know, I met my wife when I was at SEAL Team 4 in nine, you know, mid nineties. So she's always, she's always known that I travel. I'm here for a while, then I'm gone for a while. I'm mm-hmm. here for a while, I'm gone for a while and having kids in the middle of, OEF and OIF and it's just, you know, 200 some days a year, you're always gone. So now I'm home and I intentionally didn't schedule any trips for like six months after I got out and it was a bit stressful because the family's not used to it. As as much as my good intentions were to to put the family first, it was, it kind of, kind of caused a lot of friction. It's its, it's, but, its own transition. You know, you know, we're talking about going from just oh yeah, family excluded from military to civilian life, but going from being gone all the time to now I'm here. Oh shit. What do I do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop messing with our system. It's tough. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, Cause there's how I do everything. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's a good point. Exactly. What you just said, this is how I do everything because they have their system to, you know, yeah. your spouse, whomever it is. And it's disruptive to, to everybody. But so like, that's like one of the things I like actually talking about a little bit, like how do you balance life and family? And I like when I first started the podcast, I was doing it all the time. I fell in love with it. I still love it, but I was obsessive. I didn't give any time to my wife and she was getting pissed, you know, because I <laughs> yeah. had a day job and then I would do this all night, every night. Um, and I had to find that balance. A lot of fights, like seriously, it was stupid. Um, a lot of things going on, but like, how did you, I guess, recalibrate? How did you cite back in on being able to have that, that balance between work life and carry on with your family? Uh, I would say probably because of any, anything outside of the military is going to be better than what we had. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm gone two thirds of the year in the military, so even if I'm gone a third of the year, which is still quite a bit for most people, it's a lot to be at home that much time. Yeah. So we, what we do typically, you know, as, as opportunities come up for work, I'll schedule those around what the kids got going on. You know, so I've got a a senior in high school now and, and a sophomore. So we try to schedule every, every away trip around sports or, you know, functions or whatever mm-hmm. else they got going on. So that's like the first check. Like, hey, Terry, could you do this trip? I'm like, well, let me see what's on the calendar. Like, nothing there, nothing there. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. And then I just try not to schedule too much. You know, if, if I'm gone for a week, I try to be home for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a work in progress. But It absolutely is a work in progress, isn't it? I guess kind of, I don't know, how, how's uh, 2020 done for you, though? Because, like, for me, I'm, I'm supposed to travel oh, 20% man. of the time, but I've done – Two percent, maybe. It was a big shift. So, so 2019 was a big. I did a lot of military and law enforcement training for for stuff, and then, of course, that all went away for the most part. I did a little bit in 2020, but it was, uh, I would say, from March until July, there was no road trips anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was online, you know, getting some stuff done. You know, a yeah. lot of the, a lot of the stuff we're doing, Redcon One, I can do online, dealing with you know athletes and and uh influencers and, and all that kind of stuff but you know all the events that we had scheduled for that went away you know between archery shoots and outdoor events all those went away so 2020's been a, we'll say weird so we got busy in the summertime i did uh did a few weeks back at the beach and then i've been busy through october and november doing a lot of stuff that i enjoy being outside but now that you know now the covid's kicking back up so we'll, we'll see where it goes you just got to find a way to survive a a new way. Like I keep on seeing, and I just released another episode about it, but I'm just like kind of tired of seeing people go and I can't wait to 2021 and I can't wait to be normal again. And I'm just (laughs) like, it's not going to be normal again. You know, how can you tell me a day on the calendar is going to change it? That's exactly my point, Terry. And this is what the episode was about. I said 20, like the universe does not comprehend January 1st. It just, is you know like nothing's going to (laughs) change like you literally have to change right freaking now and then you'll have a change on january 1st but nothing's going to change in that manner so it's just like it's gonna (laughs) the, the the world will go back to a different kind of normal even after you know whatever if you're left right i don't care where you fall it's just gonna not be the same as it was before but what are you gonna do with the circumstance that you're in now, you know, what are you going to yeah. do with the time you have now? And so you're obviously still able to work and do all that as well and, and shift with your family and get more time with them. And I think the people that can ex- not, you don't have to accept the change, but you just have to accept that. Like it's going, this is what I have and I have to do something with it. Or, I mean, there's no option because bitching about it is not going to do anything, you know? No, no. Well, I mean, we realized early on, it's like in, in buds, you know, there's a lot of stuff no matter what you do. So you try to find the, the little bit of silver lining that you can get out of it, whether it's making fun of the instructor when they're not looking or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, taking a job you wouldn't expect to take. You know, I, I did a conversation with university of Michigan last, last week that I probably not normally would have done, but they reached out and asked if I could talk on resiliency and teamwork because the yeah. engineering students this year particularly are struggling with a lot of that on resiliency and how to, how to mm-hmm. focus on something and how to categorize it in their, in their level of stresses and, and deal with it. So, so it, it turned into be a, a pretty fruitful conversation for about an hour and a half and had quite a few students reach out and ask for some, for some tips. So you know, that's, that's an opportunity I would have had 
probably two months ago. Yeah. You know, with the with the other stuff I had going on. Yes. Tons and tons of opportunity come from the bad. That when it when mm-hmm. shit hits the fan, it may initially stink, but eventually there's something that's good that's gonna come from that. And one of the things you said way back in the beginning of the episode, you had mentioned community within the teams. And I feel as if I mean you're involved in a lot of things, but I feel as if me looking in into your life, you've built your own community again with it. again, you know, like we started from you obtaining help within your transition and with Redcon one, you know, we were talking about Aaron Singerman and just other folks in general. There's a plethora of other folks, but like building that community of people that are gonna be able to support you is yeah. absolutely crucial to whatever version of your success is that you want to do and that includes your family too which we touched on as well so i think that was pretty important well i think i mean it's kind of like finding your tribe right i mean when i was in uh, the military tribe was was what i had now afterwards i've got my tribe of still some of the military guys and some law enforcement Mm -hmm. guys and some other people i've met along the way so i've got this really strong tribe that helps each other out Mm -hmm. i was just chatting with some guys that you know, I haven't seen them in two months, but we're we're on group chat and hit each other just about every day. And this is as much as I hate social media for like all the all the bad crap that's out there. It's yeah. you know prior to prior to two years ago when I retired, I didn't touch any of it. So now I'm into it because that's part of the job and part sure. of what's going on. But it's really allowed me to, to connect with a lot of really good people, either friends I hadn't talked to in a long time that like hey you know it's good to see you again or or friends of friends that connected, you know, along those ways and kind of built little tribes on there that, you know, I'm going to chat with a guy after this. I've never met before, but through connections they are like, Hey, let's, I need to have a chat. Would you mind helping us out? I'm like, yeah, Yeah. uh, absolutely. That's the beauty of it. It's so bittersweet. Social media is It's like, there's so much good. There's so much just not uh, something that I ever want to see, but at least with social media, you can unfollow, unclick, do whatever. Yeah, but I mean, it sucks I, don't still comes in. I don't like negativity, so if if something pops up, I just block it and get yes. it out of there because it's. Yes. I mean, all it's going to do is make me waste time and energy on yeah, it. And it's it going to piss you off. Fun. Exactly, it's going to waste that negative energy, yeah. and you're just going to be like, it, "What? What am I doing?" Uh, so. Yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, it's a tool. It's how you use it. It's occasionally annoying, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty powerful and it enables you to do your job better. Without social media, I could not get this message out. I would uh, probably not have met you because I didn't meet, I wouldn't have met Aaron and so on and so forth. So uh, it's a tool. I will beat that to death. It's how you use it. Uh, if you want to use it for negativity and uh, just listening to people perpetually complaining about 2020, then that's all you're going to see. But <laughs> I do not yeah. subscribe to that, man. Absolutely not. Now, I like some of the memes. The memes are good. The memes are good. The, the memes are good. You got to have that. I mean, you got to make fun of your issues. So um, one of the things that came to mind when you're talking, you obviously have uh, a ton of experience and everything that you've done pre, uh, well, within the military and post-military. But... What oh. about after, like, I'm saying uh, after the military, what is like one of the most in- incredible lessons that life lessons that you learned? Because I'll preface that with saying like, like you, you've mentioned buds a couple times, you've mentioned training and, you know, obviously deployment come with the whole onslaught of lessons. Is there anything after transition within the civilian community with all the things that we've talked about? What is like one of the things that might stand out to you? I would say from... Well, for me personally, is trying to trying to value what I bring. So, like, I, I love sharing it and help people out. This is part of 
being the, like, like the servant leader that I, that I feel like I am, but I'm, I struggle with giving stuff away and then charging the right amount of price for, for what I bring mm. to the table. So for me, that's a struggle that I'm always dealing with when, when I'm dealing with clients or, or people asking for help because I, I want to help, but I also know there's, there's, there's value to that help. So trying to assess yeah. that. And I would think the other one would be, uh, for most people out there is, is fear is I see fear is like a mind killer. So when you're trying something new, if, if you're focused too much on the fear side of it, you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset, you know, just like the, the kids at quit buds they're they have that quit mindset. They know they're going to quit it's just a matter of time of when they're going to do it. So they're focusing too much on fear. You know, don't worry about it. Just let it go. Take a chance and, and see how it shakes out. Yeah. Just what they say in the movie, just send it. Just send it. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was also thinking about the. You ever read the book Dune? No. Because it literally says like the eighties, the eighties Dune. Yeah, movie? like the eighties Dune. It literally uh, just just Google it after we're done, and if, if you're watching okay, this, yeah. just pause it. Uh, Fear is the mind killer. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, it's in that damn, it's in that book. That yeah, mind. damn. I I don't have it up right now, but uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, check it out. Fear is the mind killer. It's got this whole blurb about it. It's pretty for, for a fiction book. Like it's pretty damn good. That's a oh, whole other topic. I thought it was something original. Yeah, no. Well, just because you thought it <laughs> and somebody else thought it doesn't mean yeah. it's not original. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But um, no. So you said a, you said something in the last one that if if you're a repeat listener on this episode, you know I love asking this question. You said you love sharing, you love helping people, but why? You know, it might sound like a simple question, and some people go, "Why the hell did he ask me that?" But like for real, like why? You don't have to. You don't have to do any of that. Yeah, I. I've, well, I guess the easy answer is because I can, right? Okay. And, and, and I say that not to be facetious that, that I'm special or anything else. It's <laughs> I've been very blessed with my career and, and the, the networks and friendships I've built over the, over the course of the last three decades that I feel like I'm obligated. I definitely have an obligation to my fellow veterans to, to assist them. You know, and we chatted right after, I think it was right after you got out, you were, you were doing this. You were up in Northern yeah. Virginia, and yeah. quite a few other veterans have reached out and and talked to me about the transition piece, or just asking advice. And I feel that sense of obligation to them. And I don't know if that's just because I spent so much time in in mm-hmm. the military, and I can never really give up that that E nine rank of being a mentor and of being a coach. But that's just that's who I am. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm here to here to try to make. Well, I guess it kind of goes back to once I got out and trying to find my my purpose and you know what what's mm-hmm. next because mm-hmm. when you're in, a, in the military it's easy right i mean you gotta serve my country <laughs> yeah. serve my teammates and then take care of myself and family after that but once that's gone it's it's tough you got to find your purpose and so i i figured out my mission is to leverage my experiences to make people's lives better mm-hmm. in whatever whatever fashion that is for them whether it's dealing with you know i coach kids on sports so it's if it's getting them in the right mindset for an athletic event or helping business leaders establish good leadership inside their teams. You know, I can help across the board. So I, I kind of feel like I'm obligated to, plus it, it makes me feel complete mm-hmm. and, and kind of gives me a sense of, of what I should be doing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of familiarity in that within my own self and, and what I do and why I do it and why I have these conversations and I do it completely for free. So it, kind of brings me back to the point you said i don't know how to charge people uh for the help that i give but i guess you kind of hope like me i kind of hope that people just pass it on like i always say you can listen to all these podcasts and 
uh, read all the cool books that we talk about, the inspirational quotes and all that shit. But uh, what I would genuinely ask is uh, just pull something from this conversation uh, with me and Terry and apply it to your life. But equally important as application within your own life, uh, teach it to somebody, share it with somebody and just spread it. And I think, like you said, you don't really like for social media, you don't like tuning into like negativity, (laughs) can't stand it. Um, it's good to be aware of it, just like evil in this world. I don't like, you know, we, you fought evil, I fought evil, but you have to be cognizant that it exists. Uh, yeah. And I think on the reciprocal, uh, with positivity, emit that, uh, help other people. Uh, through that, you can find your own purpose, but don't forget about your, helping yourself. That's part of the reason I took four months off. So um, have you had any trouble with overhelping? I don't know if I'd say overhelping, but to the point where I don't ever say no. Mm. So if people ask for help, I'm always like, okay, I'll just, let's <laughs> figure it out. Then I, then I quickly realize I've got Overbooked. more yeses than I got time for. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to balance that out. But it's, it's all, it's a good problem to have, right? It's, yeah. it's better than sitting around and wishing I had more stuff to do or mm-hmm. could help people out more. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good people out there and a lot, they're doing a lot of good things. So. Mm-hmm. If I can mm-hmm. be part of that bigger picture, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy. Yeah, and you most certainly are. I mean, it's pretty obvious for me. And if anybody, speaking of social media, heads over, you'll be able to see in the, all the show notes here at the end. Uh, but head over to Terry, see who he's connected with, see what he's doing. And, and like you said, you're, you're helping vets. You spoke with me. And it's just good to talk to other people that have been through similar things with you, even if it's just I'm a vet, you're a vet you've experienced a transition before I am just now experiencing it. Cause it was, it was tough for me. I thought I was ready. First day I showed up to my new job. I was like, what <laughs> is going on? It's so weird. It's so weird. So I think mm-hmm. it's applicable. You know, I was never not in the military and transferred to a new job in my adult life, but I would imagine it's similar going maybe from one industry to another. Uh, but speaking with somebody that's going through what you go through, finding a mentor is absolutely crucial to ensure, uh, to help ensure, I should say, that success that you seek through that because it's stressful. It's really stressful. Yeah, it is, especially if you don't don't have the tools to deal mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. and try to identify it. So, yeah, that's yeah, all good. Yeah, it is all good. Um, love what you're doing. Um, really excited we could do this finally. And you took some time out of your night to speak with me, and it's cool that. We talked like a year ago and here we are a year later doing it. I'm you know, yeah. just pumped to be able to still have this opportunity. So uh, before we get out of here, though, uh, where can we find you? Uh, I'm pretty much, I mean, IG is pretty much my standard. I go to every day. I've got my own, my own accounts is Terry.Huyen on IG and then my Redcon One Outdoors, just uh, Redcon One, I think it's underscore outdoors. You can find it either way. On IG, I've got a couple of Facebook pages, but same names for for that stuff and they're all they're all linked together but uh yeah i mean it, it was fun I, I posted up a uh, contest this week it'll be over by the time this airs but i did the uh mike ritland podcast mm-hmm. last about a week or so ago and i got a lot of really good feedback from that just kind of sharing my story a little bit mm-hmm. on, on his so i, I kind of put a little box of goodies together with you know the different companies i help out and posted up there but I put the caveat there it's, it's not about you on this one so that your comment had to be you know who's who do you nominate for this and tell me why they deserve it and it's I mean, it's kind of humbling you know there's so many good people out there nominating their friends for this stuff it's mm-hmm. 
it's really cool. So that's an awesome you know, idea. This airs, they, that'll be over, but they can go back and read those comments and kind of say thank you to to those guys. And well, this is Thursday, so I'll be picking a picking a winner tomorrow on that and moving on. But yeah, nice. Yeah, this will this will be out a couple more weeks or a couple weeks after yeah. after that. But no, it's a phenomenal idea and. Uh, no, it means a lot. I mean, I listened to only a specific portion of that podcast you did with Mike. Uh, just, yeah. you know, I, I had uh, texted you about that. Um, but um, yeah, love what you're love what you're doing, man. Um, humbled to have you on here. So, honored uh, to have you on here. Hey, here's here's a quote I'll, I'll read for you Please. that I like. I don't even remember where it came from. Uh, it's if you always wear a life jacket, how do you know if you can swim? Hmm. I like that because it's you know, if you're never willing to take a leap. How do you know if you're going to succeed? Yeah, I love that. You don't. Yeah. I love to say I said I came up with it on my own, but I read it somewhere and wrote it down. <laughs> oh, it's good. I, I, we want. I think I had it for my bud students because they uh, there always scared No, it's like we live in a world. Probably where, started somewhere there. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. It's just it's so it's so for me it's so easy to talk about taking all the chances, taking all the risk. But when you actually put pen to paper for whatever you're doing, it's like. It's hard to take that preserver off and just jump in or whatever hell you're doing. And um, I, I, I legitimately feel as if my life is perpetually just, you said, you know, we talked about fear being the mind killer, but I'm still pulling yeah. the trigger occasionally. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be tough. You know, it's fear. It's fear. Oh yeah, it is. And it, I mean, and I say that kind of gallantly, but you know, I've got a pension and retirement. So it's like the fear for me taking a shot at something new. I, I still have that income coming. Mm-hmm somebody younger like yourself it's like hell you know this is i've got to feed a family appreciate it terry have a great rest of your night really really enjoyed this we'll talk soon absolutely absolutely buddy appreciate it thank you see you later